Hi, and welcome to Roll for Insight. My name is Joff, otherwise known as at Owlbear on Twitter. That's bear as in nipples, not as in grrr. And with me today is my good friend Evan. Hi, Evan. Hey, Joff. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good, thanks. How can people uh, follow you on the social medias? Um, well, I'm I'm only on Twitter, so okay. I'm at monkeyboy on Twitter, and the boy is boy with a zero. Nice. That's uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm That's not anywhere it. else. <laughs> no. Um, I'm much the same. I only use Twitter nowadays. I use Facebook to spy on my family, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was on Facebook, but I, I had to get out of it. It was just like, oh, there's too much, too much. I don't know any of these people. I'm saying that, I don't know most of the people on Twitter. But the ones I do, I love. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm much the same. Um, all right, we're going to dive into this. And the most obvious thing, the thing that I talk about with the majority of my guests is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you have DM'd me. I have DM'd you. We've played together in several games. Yes, awesome. Um, let's talk about how you originally got into D and D. How did you find the game? My origin story. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was way back, way back in the eighties, and um, I was at an intermediate school. This is in New Zealand on Waiheke Island, and I was in intermediate school, so I must have been about ten, and um, there were these kids playing this game at lunchtime and they had dice and they had like little miniatures and they were like in battles and I was like what are you guys doing and they ignored me because I was younger as you do in school and uh, I persuade I, I, I was persistent and I just kept on at it and they you know, said it was Dungeons and Dragons and they were currently on, on this nautical voyage and uh, they, I was like, I was like spellbound. I was like, can I play? Can I play? And I was like, no, get lost, little kid. Um, and um, I found out that there was um, this box set for sale. And it was it was more, way more than any kind of pocket money I had. Um, and it was, yeah. the, it was the red box. And so I was like, mom, 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 you got to buy me this red box. It's this game. It's really cool. Uh, it's got dragons. It's got magic. It's got knights. And uh, all my other friends were like, you know, persuading their parents to buy them, you know, Tamiya remote control cars or BMXs. Uh-huh. And I, I just wanted this this red box with the massive dragon on the front. And uh, eventually, I mean, she didn't, she didn't, you know, completely cave straight away. Eventually, she got it for me, and it was like, wow, it was like a whole new world opened up for little nerd Evan. Yeah. Okay, that's very cool. And you've been playing ever since. I mean, which editions have you played? No, not ever since. Um, with from the red box, um, I got my brothers and some of my friends into it. So they would come around, um, come around, and would sort of like play the game. And I, I don't think I got people to play it for at least not straight away. I think I did like the solo adventure that you had in there, and I, I think I probably just drew maps for ages mm-hmm. um, um, until eventually I persuaded um, some, until I was comfortable enough with the rules because it was quite daunting. Yeah, you know, sort of like well, yeah. it still is daunting <laughs> DMing yeah. people, um, but until I was um, comfortable enough with the rules and we we're all a bit old enough to sort of get it, and um, so probably about beginning of high school maybe when I was sort of like thirteen, fourteen, um, started getting into it then. And okay. then had my mates come around and would just be up in my sleep out, you know, playing D&D and yeah. having great adventures. Yeah. And then there was a massive 
uh, it fell away uh, towards the later years of high school it sort of like it went off the boil and yeah. um, I don't think I really played it again until I'd moved to England okay and when was that um, that was in 1997 oh my gosh yeah I've been I've been here for a while yeah yeah so um we moved over my mum wanted to move over she had kind of fallen in love with the idea of living on a canal boat okay and i was like uh even uh, we're gonna i'm gonna sell my house on waiheke island aka paradise and move to england <laughs> and live on a canal boat and i was like what are you doing mum?" <laughs> uh yeah she's she's a bit of a naughty hippie um but so she did that and asked me to help out so sort of packed up our gear and we moved moved to england wow yeah it was was, that's really cool yeah it was full on um and i think i'd been working in england for a couple of years um when one of the guys i was working with sort of must have just dropped you know dropped it into conversation that he was going off to hang out with his mates um down in reading and they were going to play dnd and i was just like oh what you play (laughs) dnd <laughs> and uh, I think he was surprised because I think at, at this time it was still quite. This was like third edition three point five, um, yeah. and um, it was kind of like underground. You know, there's uh-huh. still quite a, a bit of a stigma about it. You know, being totally nerdy and sort of like frowned upon, not at all cool. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, who cares? Um, you know, I didn't care if it was cool. I was like, I was fully into it. Well, talking about um, uh, the stigma, and we discussed this briefly off the air, um, and going back to the red box, going back to those early days, were you ever aware of the satanic panic? I don't think I was. Um, back in the eighties, I wasn't aware of it. Um, I was more of aware of it when I um, when I was in England. I don't think it. Now, I don't want to speak out of turn, but um, from my perspective, I don't—I was never aware of any kind of satanic panic. I knew that uh, when I came over here that um, it was considered quite nerdy, and but I didn't know. Um, and I think I'd heard in the news that because um, it's been blown out of proportions as people had killed, been killed themselves because their yeah. characters died, uh, people committing suicide, and, and parents were thinking it was to do with the devil. But I don't think I was ever aware that in New Zealand. I don't know if it reached New Zealand that kind of like no you know that kind of that that huge stigma i don't think it got that far maybe i'm wrong yeah and i don't know if it was an english thing or an american thing but that's exactly what i remember is a group of people like a was it a cult a, a cult <laughs> a cult suicide and it was it was something to do with D and the devil it was exactly the same thing that's what i remember right and i was aware of the satanic panic don't think my parents were um because they have no problem with me playing yeah yeah yeah. because i presume if they did know they'll be like no joff burn that box of books now well you know they were pretty hands off they may well have known and just be like he's fine yeah well it's just a game (laughs) it's just a game yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna end himself (laughs) no i don't know do, do you know anyone in our circle who's experienced like Sort of like heavy-handed parents when it comes to D and D. No, I don't think so. I don't think any of my uh, guests that I've interviewed so far have um, faced heavy-handed parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but many of them have. They were aware of the satanic panic at least in passing. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, I wonder, okay. I wonder if that's attracted them to it. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, the devil's involved. Oh, yes, I'll play. Cool, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, fifth edition. How did you get into fifth edition? Um, but, well, we were three point... Well, I joined this um, this group, so my friend who I work with, um, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll finish off with them. I, I joined their group, and they I think they played about twice a year. They had a session. They'd, they'd mm. go to each other's houses around, around the country, up to Liverpool or down to Newbury. Um, and um, they invited me around um, to one of the sessions. I was like, I was being welcomed into the group. And I was like, amazing, I can't wait to play. I'm so excited. And um, Mark, my friend, he was like, now, I don't know how you feel about this, but we actually dress up when we play. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, <laughs> yeah, we, we get really into it. And I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> and and I was like, oh my God, okay, I know what character I'm going to be. I'm going to start collecting all these bits. And I started getting into it. And I went and bought like Hessian cloth and I made this kind oh of God. like this cloak. And um, I had this like this toy bow and I was just, like, <laughs> I was getting And it was like the weekend before. I spent like, you know, probably about... 40 pounds like trying to put this costume together and uh it was about the week before we were meant to go and play um with these guys and he couldn't he couldn't hold out any longer he was like i'm so sorry i was only joking we don't dress up <laughs> and i was like what i spent this money and it wasn't just the it wasn't the money i was upset about it was the fact that i've gone to this effort and i was like really keen on you know dressing up and playing this character <laughs> Um, Screw you all! I'm wearing it. Yeah, in. yeah. And the rest of the guys um, haven't haven't let him live that down. That he came clean because they were they were just they were ready for me to turn up in, in oh, my costume. God. He went to the trouble of saying, "Oh yeah, I'm like this crusader type. You know, I've got this kind of like chainmail and this tabard." And I was like, fully believed him. It's like, oh, you busted! You got me wow. so good. Yeah. So, um, but it was from with them. We played three point five. And I think then um, we sort of like moved into fifth edition. I think I bought the books first. Um, it was the playtest and D and D next, and I got into yeah. that. And I was like, "Oh, guys, this this, this system is so great!" Um, and because I had, I was a I'm a book hoarder of D and D books, mm-hmm. like most of us are probably, and mm-hmm. I had like stacks of three point five rules and um, supplements, and uh, just the the actual the way that the fifth edition was set out was like oh it's beautiful it's so simplified you can it's it's uh, story driven it's, it's yeah. mechanically so easy to pick up you can do anything um so i was really keen on it and kind of like pushed the guys into it and we got into it and then i think it really took off for me when um discovered roll 20. Um, mm-hmm. so i started playing with these uh, with my friends but then uh, when roll 20 came around um, I was able to like contact my family back in New Zealand and say, guys, guys, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition? And my brother Jacob was like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mum was, she was up for it as well. And, uh, and my That's brother's awesome. girlfriend, Sam. And uh, I got them to make characters. And we started playing uh, Prince of the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played that, gosh, uh, for like two and a half years no so, kidding yeah yeah and we haven't finished <laughs> but oh i think gosh. i think it's kind of fizzled out though because um because of life but um, um yeah but it was awesome 
and um, it was really nice to actually be able to reconnect with my family in New Zealand instead of just calling them up once a month just to say hey how you doing la 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 uh, it was like we got them around the table um, and we'd um, just chat and play and it was awesome you know I just got to hang out with you know my family you know sort of semi-regularly it was wicked that's really cool that's um yeah that's awesome I I I can't imagine playing D and D with my family. That's <laughs> yeah. never gonna happen. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, my mum. She's brutal though. Oh, she plays. She plays an an elven druid, a wood elven druid, and she just distrusts everyone. And she is just. Oh, she's just so moody, and was, <laughs> and she just. Uh, we do not send her in to negotiate. She would. She just doesn't trust people and just is the first one to like break out the spells and and the hurt uh-huh. like mom we do, you know, they've got information for us they just want to talk no i could see in their eyes <laughs> yeah she's wow. yeah she's into it um all right let me think uh dming versus playing do you have a preference um um i like um, well, oh gosh, actually, I like them both for different reasons. I like yeah. being able to explore one character um, with playing uh, as a player, um, and you know, when you, their personality, their their flaws, their bonds, and um, and sort of work out you know their kind of journey. Because I'm D has been good for me in that regard because I'm you know I'm not like a really good at showing my emotions so D has been pretty good like that being able to explore you know sort of more emotional things instead of just like wandering around and killing something um yeah so that's really good and i think um on the in a similar kind of uh, fashion dming has been good for me um in terms of public speaking because i always used to hate public speaking absolutely loathe and fear it yeah um, and I think DMing's helped that. So I mean, you get it. You you've got a game. You've arranged all these players to turn up. You've got to deliver a story. Um, you've got all these threads of plot that they could like pull on or or totally go off the rails. Um, but you've also you've got to keep them engaged at the same time. And I think that sort of like there's a bit of there's a, a, a there's pressure there. But um, it's good and it's sort of it's that that um, doing it more often. Has sort of transferred into sort of my my daily life where if i have to speak to a, a large group of people at work mm-hmm. or do a presentation um or you know be in a meeting to like my bosses and stuff that's it's really helped with that so um yeah yeah there's i both i like both of them planes a little bit easier there's less of the setup um uh, but dm is so rewarding when you know where you set something up and the players are just going for it and you sit back and the story's just unfolding around you and they're, they're creating the story and and you're sort of like just like along for the ride and yeah you're reacting to it yeah and it's that's one of the most rewarding things i think i get out of dming and the game that's awesome um unfortunately we're already coming up on time but i do even briefly want to talk about the um books that you've been buying. oh yeah yeah the the leather bound books yeah because they're amazing and everyone wants them and i have many um, leather bound books they are phenomenal and i'm a very proud owner of the bound you are handbook. yeah yeah there's not many of them out there um 
Um, it came from. Uh, did you have the the three point five limited edition, the anniversary edition that was leather bound? I did as well. I, I did. I sold it. Yeah, I sold mine. I sold mine. <laughs> it's 3.5 i got rid of all of that stuff (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah well i had that i had that same book and you know i i treasured it it was it was my most favorite book turn up to a session and and pull out my bag i was like feast your eyes mortals upon my book um and i wanted that in fifth edition so yeah they, they haven't produced one so i was like screw it i'm gonna make one myself um, and then sort of got on the internet and ended up on Instructables. Have you, are you familiar with that site? I've heard of Instructables. Yeah. I, I haven't, haven't perused it much. Yeah. So I got on there and there was, there was a guy in there and he, he, um, he had like a whole Instructable about how to rebind, um, your own books with leather and leather covers. And so I just followed that. And I think, um, my first attempt, um, I got the wrong leather. I got suede and I, I made it and it wasn't great and i hadn't i sort of embossed it so i i had like i cut out this big ampersand and cardboard and sort of like glued that onto the front cover and then you glue the leather on top of it and then sort of like push it into the corners so it's like embossed um but that came out that came out cool it was i was really pleased with the result i gave it to my mum um as a present and uh so she loves that and then I thought, okay, well, it looked a bit, it wasn't very sharp and because it's only as detailed as you can sort of cut out something to emboss. Yeah. So I was like, and then I found out my work has got laser cutter. Um, and I was like, sweet. And um, I thought, what did I do as a test? I did some other designs as a test, but then I was like, no, I need a proper design. So I had to go and commission a graphic designer to make this, this amazing artwork thank you joff by the way for that design mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh it stood the test of time it's very classy i love it um awesome but yeah so then i got all these different leathers tried different leathers um and ended up with like a it's like a um aniline sheepskin sheep leather yeah and it's soft and it's really thin so it folds nicely and then ran it through the laser uh what was it didn't cut it i etched it um, trial and error sometimes too deep sometimes not enough um, aligning it and then came out with you know a decent book and um, mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still working on it because uh, I've only recently started gilding the actual edges of the books Ooh. so the the pages are gold around the edges uh, oh my gosh yeah yeah uh, Greg Tito's got one and got got that one actually and there's oh. um, I've got a deal with a local games store in Worcester and he he gives me two books, two players' handbooks, and I give him a leather a leather bound one back, and everyone's happy. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so that's how I get it. I get one for myself to mess about with, and he gets a, a nice one back. So, yeah. So awesome. yeah, I mean, um, I need to go out. I need to get a design for the Dungeon Master's Guide and also the Monster Manual. So and the, oh, to make the core. Yeah, check your inbox. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's the story of the books. Yeah, I love them. They they're, they're really cool. That's really cool. And and yeah, I love mine. It's it sits. Oh, is it back there? Over my shoulder, I believe it's right there. Beautiful. Um. Yes, audience, I'm pointing to my collection. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we are definitely past time, but I am going to ask one last question, and you're welcome to keep your answer short, but I want you to roll on my uh, D100 table okay. of, of viewer questions. Alrighty, here we go. Um, oh, 98. 98? Oh, you went high. Uh, okay, this comes from um, my friend Ryan. Um at GM or PC. I play with him in Dragonspire. Cool. He would like to know, what's your favourite polyhedral? My favourite polyhedral? Um, that's actually quite easy because I mentioned it. I saw it on Twitter not long ago. It's the D12. Yeah. I love the D12. It's just not... You don't get to use it enough. Um, it's, it's not as tiny edged as the d20 uh, although, um but yeah it's a it's a die set i like it because i want to i want to be able to use it more often that's all yeah okay yeah it, as 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 one of the seven dices goes it's a good one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um all right this has been roll for insight um my name is joff um, at Albear on Twitter. That's bear as in nipples, not as in grr. My guest this week has been my friend Evan. Hey. Evan, how can how can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Monkey Boy. That's B zero Y on Twitter, and that's about it. So, but thanks, Joff. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Stay classy, my You're, friend. You are very welcome, um, everyone. I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.